You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. It is the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy Mr. Rated R, and my tag team partner for part two of an episode too big for just one podcast. He is the king of hamburger meat, he's the voice of the Mark organization, and he has an addiction to contradiction. From Suplex City, bitch. Yo, 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 let me speak on this. What's good, everybody? Part two. Part yeah. It's crazy, because we originally were just going to record with Leo, but then Leo had to go take care of something, I guess. And now we're, we're recording a part two, Sam. We're doing this again. The The gimmick that we did last week, that we started doing last week. Hey, man. As, as long as we can put content out there i'm happy it doesn't need to be videotaped or anything like that you know at the end of the day this is a podcast right so let's put out a podcast and, and let's be honest here i can't speak for you but speaking for me you know some of the slap dicks i can't stand on facebook live anyway so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so we got an update from you guys so if you guys were listening to part one which we did with leo that should be out right now on soundcloud itunes wherever you get your podcast. We talked about Tessa Blanchard. So from that time that we recorded that first episode, it's been, what, what do you want to say, like maybe a, a good hour? Yeah, give or take an hour. Maybe give or take. Less than that, 30 minutes, I don't know. Okay, so within that hour, you know, I'm bringing up everything on my phone now because obviously I'm recording on the computer. And I just read a, a Tessa Blanchard update. Apparently oh, WWE wow. is sending out feelers to Tessa Blanchard. We're talking about how Tessa Blanchard needs to grow up a little bit, mature, I personally didn't think that WWE or AEW should be touching her anytime soon. But it looks like WWE is, you know, going against that and possibly wanting to pick up Tessa Blanchard. Sam, what do you think, bro? Uh, I think it's premature. Uh, Again, uh, I'm going to stick by my guns here. If somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Um, I don't think that she's ready, mature. Uh, I think that right now, you know, she needs a little time out, a little time in the corner, needs to reevaluate, um, you know what I mean? Uh, if she does go to WWE, it will be sink or swim, because like I said on the part one, she was a big fish on a little pond. Right. You go to WWE, WWE has the best women's roster in the world, the best women's roster in the world. Um you know, everybody from Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, you know, the list goes on and on. Ayo Shirai, um, Bianca Belair, you know, a lot of these women 
if they were given the opportunity that Tessa was given, could go and wrestle men just as well as she did. So, like I said on part one, let's not act like Tessa's something new right. or anything special. She was just highlighted differently uh, than some of the females have been highlighted in WWE. You put Bianca Belair in the ring with a man, she might even outshine the man. You put uh, you know, Charlotte Flair in the ring with a man, again, might even outshine the man. So, uh, at the end of the day, if she does wind up with WWE, this is the biggest test for her. And she is still young. So, right. she might go in there with a chip on her shoulder, but at the end of the day, she's going to have to go through the NXT system. And when we've seen in the past, when people go in there with a chip on her shoulder, sometimes it doesn't really work out. Also, you might see her get repackaged. She might not be Tessa Blanchard anymore. She might be Tessa Boneheart. I don't fucking know. You know how they do over in WWE. Or she could uh, just be Tessa. Just Tessa, yeah. Who knows? Who knows how they how they run with it? So, um, you know, only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Maybe if she does go to WWE, she'll mature faster right. and maybe realize, oh shit, now I have the opportunity of a lifetime. This isn't an impact. This, uh, you know, this isn't, you know, some run by night promotion that I could just strong arm. Uh, not saying that Impact hasn't been around for for years. What I'm saying is she she kind of took advantage of, of them, I think, and um, maybe she'll take it a little bit more serious. But oh, like I said, only time will tell. Um, man, th- this comes to a surprise to me, to be honest with you, with the whole, um, WWE sending out fields to Tessa. Now, this is all reported, Dave Meltzer reported, so it comes from somewhat of a credible source, you know, whether you're a Meltzer fan or not. Me, personally, I don't, it's not that I'm a Meltzer hater, I just think he sometimes changes the narrative with his opinions, and then people just follow that all the time. But I, I think this is pretty, uh, reliable, you know, the fact that WWE is sending out feelers. I'm just kind of shocked, man, because I think she needs to take a break from the business, man. I think she needs to grow up a little bit. I think she should mature. Um, talent, when it comes to Tessa Blanchard, she's up there, man. She, We praised her so many times in the past how she's maybe the second best women's wrestler in the world. You know, that could be argumentative. Some people would say that she is the best. Um, she needs to grow up. She's 24 years old. Uh, you mentioned Charlotte Flair. Her wrestling with male wrestlers. I've said it countless of times on this podcast. Charlotte Flair can wrestle better than half the men on the roster. All right? And that's a fact. And I know Charlotte Flair gets a lot of heat. Um, I think sometimes it's unnecessary. I think you could judge not necessarily her, but her booking on the booking that she's given. And how she's sometimes uh, overexposed. Not saying in a wrestling uh, talent, wrestling in ring wise, I'm saying she's overexposed because we see her too much in the ring. But that's not on her. That's on the company she works for, WWE. So I think she gets a lot of unnecessary hate. But when it comes to Tessa, uh, I'm just shocked here. I hope she does take a long break. But if she does end up in the WWE, I hope, kind of like what you said, she knows she's dealing with WWE, not Impact Wrestling, and she's not going to be um, privileged here. She's going to have to work her way up. Yes, the almighty Tessa Blanchard has to work her way up in NXT. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. All right, Sam. Um, so, on part one, we talked about the COVID stuff. We talked about everything that's happening. Um, I guess you could say... Um, 
the aftermath of the speaking out movement. I don't think that's ended yet, but we we touched on it last week's episode. However, we're gonna keep you guys updated. So if you want to listen to our thoughts and opinions, and even Leo and I going back and forth with the Sammy G situation, listen to part one. Uh, uh, what what did we call this episode again? Too big for just one podcast, right? That's right. <laughs> All right, let's talk about more on the WWE front, cause this might shock you, Sam, but uh-huh. WWE Vince McMahon was already they already had plans in action to host a live event in late July. So check this out. We posted it on our IG and Facebook pages. So WWE had plans to start taping Raw and SmackDown TV shows with crowds in Florida. Yes, Florida, where the numbers are skyrocketing when it comes to COVID. Yes, Sam, that's happening. Um, The Wrestling Observer reported that they were looking at dates Friday, July 24th and Monday, July 27th. They were going to do some back-to-back tapings at RP Funding Center in Lakeland, Florida. This is the same venue that Ring of Honor hosts shows when they did it back in Orlando for WrestleMania weekend. And I think they were going to tape there for Tampa during WrestleMania weekend before the COVID pandemic happened. Uh, they had to change the plans, obviously, because the numbers of COVID skyrocketing. But they still have these plans somewhere down the line, believed in August. Um, I get it. You know, you want to be the first company to host live fans, like in a big scale, you know, putting a TV product out there. Obviously, we've seen indie companies hold some live events. ICW in Atlantic City held a live event last night. We've seen it last week in GCW. It's a little bit different because they're outside and everybody's wearing masks. I don't know, man, about a, <laughs> uh, you know, 8,000 uh, ring, 8,000 uh, seated arena. Obviously, they're not going to get 8,000 if we're practicing social distancing here. But, man, I don't know, man. July and even August, I think it's a little bit too soon. I think I would have probably been open to it if they would have held it, like, maybe in a baseball field because it's outside. Maybe I would be like, okay, that's a little bit different, but I kind of get it. You're outside or whatever. If you practice social distancing, everybody's wearing masks. You're checking the temperature of every uh, person that's going to be in the arena. Okay, I'm cool. Or stadium in this point. But, man, a closed stadium? I don't know, man. Uh, Especially with the numbers skyrocketing in Florida. Sam, what's your thoughts on this, dude? It, it's a little early, but, you know, this is classic Vince McMahon. You can almost see him at the head of, like, you know, the the, the business meeting saying, you know, you got to grab your this virus by the throat, and you just got to crush it. I don't want to be the first one to host, uh, you know, fans in an arena. You know, you can almost, <laughs> like, see it. You can almost picture it, you know, him right. getting all red in the face. Right. Um, so I'm not surprised. You know, this is classic Vince McMahon. Um, man, uh, Florida's numbers are skyrocketing. Who knows where they will stand in a, a lockdown aspect uh, with in the next week or so. Uh, I know that they have a pretty shitty governor um, that will probably leave everything open uh, like he has uh, and has, you know, given, you know, essential businesses you know, like, like made WWE an essential business, which obviously isn't, you know, this, this governor, is, you know, he's a piece of shit, you know, he, he's a scumbag. You could tell, uh, he, he's lining his pockets with money. Right. Um, so who knows where they'll be? They, you know, they might have their hands forced by the uh, amount of cases th- that we're talking here. So who knows in a, in a week, if this is just going to be, 
you know, so, something that is going to come to fruition or something that just might just get locked down and, you know, WWE and AEW might be sitting there scratching their heads going, okay, now now where can we host a TV taping? You know, um, it's, it's, it's a little early. Um, and it, it makes me wonder, in Florida, temperatures anywhere from 80 to 100 degrees in the summertime, you know, humid day. If you're checking people's temperatures after they've been waiting outside in a line, uh, you know, te- checking them like with a with a thermo, you know, thermometer with the forehead, right? They might not get an accurate reading. People might be reading a hundred degrees, but they don't have a fever. So, um, I don't, I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's weird. It's a weird time. It, uh, to to I at- agree with you, it should have been done in like a baseball. Right, you know, stadium like one of these triple A or double A stadiums. Uh, you know, it's just it's too early for a closed in situation like that, especially in Florida where cases are skyrocketing. Right, uh, to add on to what you were saying though, um, about like testing's not getting an accurate number, let's be honest here with due to like some of the stuff we talked about part one with all the COVID, uh you know, people that got infected with COVID in the WWE, it seems like none of their tests are accurate, <laughs> you know? And this is with people that are within the company. So you can only imagine is hypothetically speaking, like you said, you know, outside of Florida, the degrees in the summertime is anywhere between 80 to 100 or plus, right? The the readings are not going to be accurate. Yeah, and then what happens if you're that fan that, Spent 50 bucks on a ticket. Very excited to go to the first wrestling event of, of the year for you. Uh, you know, as a fan, and you're waiting in line, you're all excited, and, you know, you're sweating, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm uncomfortable. Well, you know, you get up to the gate, and they take your temperature, and it says 101. <laughs> it's really, congratulations. They, they take, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you're playing yourself. Get the fuck back in your car. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, well for me. So check this out. So like me, because I'm a dick, right? Not saying that I will be caught dead, in, especially in Florida, like in line. But hypothetically speaking here, let's say if I was, right? And I seen the slap. I hope it's a slap dick that it's like one of those wrestling fans that I dislike that gets like the congratulations. Be like, nah, fam. <laughs> Yo, your ass is sick. You're fucking sniffling over here. Yo, get your ass out of here, B. Get your sniffling ass out of here. <laughs> um, I think it's too soon, bro. Obviously, with all these COVID numbers skyrocketing in Florida, and then you got people infected um, in WWE. You know, we said Renee Young, Caleb Braxton, which is twice, Adam Pierce, and JB Noble. And then other names that we still don't know, right? I think it's a little bit too soon, man. Especially in Florida. The thing is, yo, Florida's a death trap right now. I know we have some people that listen from Florida, but listen, real recognizes real. Yo, us in the tri-state area, we kind of got the numbers controlled over here. Yo, we're looking at y'all like you're fucking insane. Wear your fucking mask. Stop opening shit up. Social distancing, people. They're wilding out, bro. Let's be honest, though. Florida's always It's always Florida. No disrespect to the Ricans of wrestling. We love y'all. But yo, Florida, yo, it's a death trap right there. It's a death trap. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how time plays out. Like I said, they, you know, they might get their hands forced and have to shut down the state, uh, you know, 
like New York did, like New Jersey did, and now how we're like in phases of reopening now. So, um, you know, they didn't want to play ball when it was time to play ball, and now it's, you know, summertime, fun time, and now they're having skyrocketing cases. So, right. You know, let's just see how it all plays out, and hopefully, you know, we don't wish anybody any harm. Hopefully, right. you guys are safe down there, down in Florida, and like Mario said, wear your fucking mask, socially distance. This is not a game, people. You don't want to have a ventilator shoved down your throat, you know? All right. So, moving on with the COVID stuff, because it's not only just affecting WWE, it's also affecting uh, AEW. So, obviously, we know Renee Young. She tested positive for COVID. John Moxley, AEW World Champion. Um, he's uh, quarantined himself. I believe they're still in the same house, but they're like in separate rooms or whatever. Uh, he got pulled from AEW Dynamite this week. So he was not there, which was the right call. Um, QT Marshall, also, he had someone that uh, I guess he was associated. He was around somebody that tested positive for COVID. So he got pulled from AEW Dynamite, and he stayed home. So they're both in quarantine. So now we have a dilemma. Because you got Fighter Fest happening this Wednesday night. The first night one is going to be live on TNT. That's not the episode that we're going to get this World Championship match, though. The World Championship match is actually going to be recorded on the same day, or I think like the next day, for the July 8th episode of Fighter Fest, which is the following week. Are we going to see this title match between John Moxley and Brian Cage, dude? Hopefully we do. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. Um... From what they're saying is he's not, you know, testing positive. So hopefully, um, you know, we get to see the the match. Would I be upset if it gets canceled? No. You know, I don't know why. Because at the end of the day, the talent's health matters first. And we touched on this on episode one. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Brian Cage, he has a little girl. You know, he's got a wife that he has to go home to. Absolutely. And if he's wrestling with Moxley, he's putting himself at risk. Uh, you know, even though Moxley is not testing positive, you know, who knows? Right. Who knows? You know, we don't, we're still learning about this virus. One minute they're saying you can catch it from surfaces. The next minute they're saying, as a matter of fact, you, you may not be able to catch it from surfaces. It's more of a one-on-one contact with somebody, you know, talking might be the the biggest way this thing spreads well if they're in the ring together wrestling around all sweaty and shit and they're definitely going to be talking to each other if they're working together you know it's just it's risky man so if you know brian cage wants to pull out if moxley says you know what i don't think that this is a good idea or even if tony Khan puts the knicks on it and goes guys uh you know maybe we shouldn't do this i'm not going to sit here and bash aew because that's at the end of the day their decision and you know the best thing for their talent is to stay healthy and safe um the thing is what do you replace that match with being that you've already you know what's the word i'm looking for uh promoted and vince mcmahon and wwe have always done a good job at replacing you know um somebody with somebody even greater sometimes we've seen in the past where i think uh was it roman reigns went down and then Kurt Angle replaced Roman Reigns in in the Shield or some shit like that, and we got to see the return of Kurt Angle a little bit earlier than expected. And you know, we've seen Ultimate Warrior get replaced by Psycho Sid in the past, um, th- things like that. Right? Who would they replace Moxley with? I'm trying to think who isn't 
booked yet and who could be like a main event player like a like a John Moxley. Right. You already have Jericho wrapped up with Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are possibilities there. My mind just draws a blank right now because Brian Cage, he's a guy that could put on a great match with anybody. Um, you know, who who would you think might uh, take Moxley's place if he does <clears throat> wind up not you know, participating in Fighter Fest. So, okay, so um, a couple things here, and I actually just thought of an idea right now that we've been talking about uh, the possibility. What if John Moxley does pull out? But before we touch on that, I think one of the main reasons why, don't get me wrong, I don't think AEW should be running shows either. But we don't give too much shit to AEW. Is one, I feel like they've been ahead of the game when it comes to taking the proper procedures when it comes to COVID. One, they're in an outside venue, okay? Two, if you notice, some, if not most, some of the talent, if you've been watching episodes, some are not wearing masks, but others are. So, like, uh-huh. if you see some of the like the fans or friends of, of some of these wrestlers or whoever are locals, they're sitting, like, in the crowd, like, like in the crowd, like, in the hard camera side, because, you know, the way that it's shot, a lot of those fans are wearing masks. I also think that everyone in there, it's only them. They're not getting exposed or going going to do other things, too. So they've been very protected. That's why I think we don't give too much shit to AEW when it comes to COVID. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they should be running shows. But I think they got it handled better. I think Tony Khan, the Bucks, Omega, Cody, they're taking this shit a little bit more serious than WWE, in my opinion. Now, you know the WWE marks are going to hate me for me saying that. But it's the truth, all right? Look at WWE. You got over two dozen people testing positive for COVID. Yet, over here in AEW, you only have John Moxley, which we still don't know if he tested positive for COVID. As of yesterday, he didn't. He hasn't been feeling sick. He's tested negative. But that could all change in a matter of days. We don't know how this disease works. And then you have QT Marshall. Same same reason as Moxie. Hasn't tested positive for COVID, but he came in into encounter with someone that did. So they're taking the proper procedures of not getting involved with the tapings because they don't want to spread it if they do have it. Because with this disease, you could have it and not know, not know it because you might not have any symptoms. Now, yeah. what if, because there's always a what if, John Moxley gets sick. Maybe he's not feeling... Because he's going to take the proper test before going to Dynamite on Wednesday for the Fighter Fest tapings. But let's say he does get sick. What do we do with Brian Cage? Brian Cage is managed by Taz. What if... What if here... They come out ready for their match and Taz cuts a hellacious promo saying, This is your world champion? The guy's not showing up to work? You know Taz could cut amazing promos. Taz brings out the FTW championship that was once his and declares Brian Cage the real world champion. I would like that a lot. We haven't seen the FTW championship in two decades. Yo, Taz is managing Brian Cage. Why not crown him the FTW world champion? And then you could have somebody credible like Scorpio Sky challenge him for it. Like, okay. You're a world champion. I want my due. And you could have a competitive match with Scorpio Sky and Brian Cage defending that FTW World Championship. And then whenever Moxley is cleared or whenever we get this matchup, we'll have a unification match or to declare who's the world world champion. We could get that. This is something that I just thought of right now. What if Brian Cage becomes an FTW World Champion? I love this idea. I love it too. And I think Tony Khan should cut you a check because... (laughs) 
that is the best idea that I, I, I think that they could run with at this point. Listen, Sam, I'm just, I'm just a talker. I'm just a talker. That's all I do, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, man, that, that is an amazing idea. I would love to see the FTW championship back on TV. Um, now, I, I was always a fan of the orange strap. I think they, they, they Yes, it me too, bro. Yeah, well, they had it one point with the black strap. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an orange strap fan. I would love to see it with the orange strap. You know, you know uh, why I like the orange strap one more? Cause the orange strap one kind of looked like the wing eagle belt, but they just slapped the FTW logo on it. When yeah. they updated the the title, it was just like a um, it kind of reminded me of the Austin belt where it was just purposely for Taz. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Shout out to my boy JB Toys. I think I might have to get that orange title down the line. Uh, not right away, but I might have to make an investment in that. It, it's a beautiful belt, bro. It's a beautiful yeah. belt. I always was a fan of that version of the FTW Championship. That's just an idea, guys. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but listen, it kind of makes sense. You have Taz managing Brian Cage. Why not? Why not? Listen, we've seen it in other companies. Obviously, Moose being the TNA World Champion. Um... People, uh, we've seen it in Ring of Honor in the past. Matt Taving, he was a real world champion. Yo, fuck it. Ideas like this, storylines like this make sense. We've seen it in the past with WWF when we had two Intercontinental Champions. I like storylines like this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if they could hit you in the fields with a nice little nostalgia, uh, you know, uh, piece of material there like like the, the FTW Championship. You know that just that just brings back those those '90s feels for you. So, right. um, man, I hope I hope Moxley does show up. But if he doesn't, I would not be disappointed if they did that. You know, that would be a great way to to make up for it. All right. Um. So we talked about Fighter Fest. We talked about uh. They they have a very strong lineup uh, of matches, but NXT decided this week that they made a huge announcement. Keith Lee won his triple threat match against Gargano and Finn Balor. So we're going to get champion versus champion in two weeks on the July episode, July 8th episode of NXT. Which is an incredible main event right there. But they add a little twist for the next two episodes though. Because we're getting the return of the great American bash on NXT TV. Um, obviously that's going to be the main event for the July 8th. I know they announced also we're going to get a fatal four-way to crown the number one contendership for the Women's Championship. I think that's going to be on the night one of the Great American Bash. And they also announced we're going to get a non-title match between Io Shirai and Sasha Banks, which I'm sold on that too. Um, I think this is a good look for NXT, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Uh, what do you think about the return of the Great American Bash? And what do you think about these matches that we're getting first? I love the return of the Great American Bash. It's one of those pay-per-views from my childhood Again, hits you right in the feels, right, right with that nostalgia. And Triple H has been do, doing that all all year throughout this whole COVID nineteen epidemic or pandemic. You know, with the the in your house, uh, you know, throwback to that. And now we're going back to the Great American Bash. Uh, I fuck with it, man. If you own the, the the property, why not use it? I don't understand why WWE doesn't do that. Uh, more often, they have all these WCW pay-per-view names, and then they go with something stupid like, you know, bragging rights. Like, who the fuck? Battleground, fast right. lane. That's besides the point. <laughs> um, I think I think that this just goes to show you that WWE slash NXT is definitely watching what AEW is doing. Mm-hmm. 
they're definitely counter-programming, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's only going to be better for us as wrestling fans, especially if you have the WWE Network. You can watch Firefest Live and then go back and watch you know, uh, Great American Bash on the network. And you're supporting both brands by giving the rating to AEW and then giving your 10 bucks to WWE. Um, I love it. I love it. Like, like I said, it, it, this is just great, great for us as, as fans. I'm really, like you said, sold on, on the Sasha Banks Eo Shirai. That's a, a dream match. And I think Sasha Banks is very excited to get in a ring with her. Uh, you know, I think that Sasha has been on record to say that she's a huge Joshi uh, wrestling fan. And uh, she was one of the, you know, wrestlers on the WWE roster that showed a lot of support for Hanukkah Moore when she passed away recently. Um, so, man, uh, and then you got, you know, the title versus title match with uh, with Keith Lee and uh, Adam, Adam Cole. Uh, man, this, this is great counter-programming. Right. If I didn't have the WWE Network, I might, I might have. Tuned in, I might tune in to NXT, you know, <laughs> flopping uh, the channels here and there, you know what I mean? It, you know, so we'll see how, how many commercial breaks AEW has, but uh, it, it's a nice throwback to the Monday Night Wars because it, it gets you hype for both shows. Right, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, a lot of people, because when NXT, I was going to say AEW, when NXT made the announcement of the return of the Great American Bash you have, you know, your typical marks fucking complaining, saying like, oh, you guys are counter-programming, oh, Great American Bash, oh, Dustin Rhodes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you, you already know, bro, those type of people always want to fucking complain. And when has it ever been like an idea or like, or like when has it ever been a saying or a thing that counter-programming is a bad thing? What do you want? If you're a wrestling fan, what do you want NXT to counter-program Fighter Fest? That's what you want. Like, I want right. both companies to succeed, both AEW and WWE, right? Obviously, I'm going to give my viewership, like, if I'm watching it live to AEW, but that doesn't mean that I won't be interested in NXT. NXT put on a great episode this week. Obviously, you saw it in the ratings. NXT beat AEW this week. So, I think counter-programming is a good thing, and... Uh, prop, you know, respect to Cody Rhodes because he doesn't necessarily care that a great American bash is owned by uh, WWE. He was cool with it. He's just more worried about his product, like he should. Um, right. you're getting you're getting good matches here with Io Shirai, Sasha Banks. You're gonna get a number one contender, number one contendership match for the women's championship, and champion versus champion Adam Cole and Keith Lee. Listen, man. I would not be surprised if Keith Lee takes it here. If unless we get a Fagazi finish, listen, you got Keith Lee talking, speaking out with the speaking out movement, with his story that he shared on Twitter. You got this guy representing Black Lives Matters, you know, logo on his on his tights a couple weeks ago for In Your House. Yo, this might be a guy that you want to put both straps on. I I, I wouldn't be mad if we don't get a Fagazi finish. I won't necessarily be mad with a, a, a two-title uh, reign for Keith Lee, and then you 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 move on Adam Cole to either SmackDown or Raw. Hopefully they do something with uh, Adam Cole. But, uh, you know, Keith Lee, it looks like that Gargano win at In Your House did a lot for Keith Lee because I remember talking about it in one of our episodes, like, you know, Keith Lee's not really doing much for me ever since he beat Dijak at uh, the last TakeOver the prior takeover, it seemed like he's kind of been a forgettable champion, but that Gargano win did a lot for him. And, you know, 
the flame is back on. You see the gasoline getting poured on that Keith Lee flame. And uh, I'm into it, man. So I wouldn't be against a, a double reign for uh, Keith Lee here. Yeah, his momentum is definitely uh, picking back up, if you will. Uh, I, and I agree. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it either. I, I would like to see the double uh, championship. And then maybe on the next week, as we've seen in the past, you know, with like double champions in the past, maybe he would put up, you know, his North American championship and, and just say, you know, I can't defend both of these titles at the same time and drop that one. And then they have a tournament again, uh, because I was a fan of the cruiserweight tournament, something to look forward to. It's something to, you know, build up. And like you said, if they can move Adam Cole and the undisputed era together up to the main roster, cause you know, they all live in Florida, right? So it helps out with, you know, this whole situation, cutting down on travel and things like that. If you could bring in the Undisputed Era to Raw, I think Raw would, you know, benefit greatly from, you know, an Undisputed Era uh, invasion. Right. You know what I mean? Um, or even or even a SmackDown. Who knows? Who knows how you, how you write it? But, um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you 100%. Anybody that's complaining about this is just complaining for the sake of complaining, just to be, you know, a, a fickle, bitter wrestling fan, you know. And I don't understand why you would complain, because you're getting good product in the middle of a fucking pandemic. So, yeah. It's because they're complain. fucking slapdicks, they're fucking marks, they either like one fucking company or they don't like the other, and... Even with everything that's coming out right now, whether it's the COVID stuff or the speaking out movement, you have all these fucking fans from either side bashing the other company because it's like, oh, you should handle this better. It's just, shut the fuck up. Like, these companies are going to do what they want. And if if you like wrestling, what do you want everyone to succeed? What do you want everyone to eat? I just hate the fact that these wrestling fans are so fickled when it comes to, like, even counter programming, like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. When it comes to counter programming, all they're doing, is, like, like I said, making it interesting for us as wrestling fans, trying to get your rating, trying to get you to buy into the WWE network. This is not the same counter programming of the '80s where. Vince McMahon goes to the cable companies and says, if you're running, you know, Starcade, then you can't have WrestleMania. It's not that. You know what I mean? It's totally different. This it's not even competition. the It's not even the same counter programming that we got from the Monday Night War where Bischoff was fucking releasing spoilers on air so you wouldn't right. watch Monday Night Raw so you could watch Monday Night Nitro that was live. It's not the same thing. This is this is actually good counter program that we could appreciate. Why right. would you want two great shows? It's just competition. It's right. just competition. And, it, and this is what we wanted. This is for years when we were saying WWE's the only, you know, the only show in town. We're going, oh, my God, same old shit. Cena, Five Rooms of Doom, blah, blah, blah. We kept complaining. Oh, I can't wait till you know, we have another wrestling boom. Uh, I wish somebody would come around and, and start a company. And now we have it. And now you got people fucking complaining. Well, fucking just enjoy it. Just right. enjoy the fact that we got... You know, the, the fact that we have NXT, they think back to, you know, wrestling in 2006, how weird that would have been, you know, when Ring of Honor was, you know, everybody's like internet love child. Mm -hmm. And just to think that we have a product like NXT on USA and a product like AEW on TNT, you know, it's come leaps and bounds. You know, right. as wrestling fans, we should just sit back and enjoy it because after COVID hits and, you know, these companies start opening up the gates, 
and start renting out these, you know, venues again. Who knows where wrestling is going to be in five years, if there even is going to be a wrestling business. So, you know, I know that's kind of morbid to think, but, you know, this might even happen. We need know? to so appreciate while you can. We need to appreciate what we're getting as much as, like I said, I don't think anybody should be running shows now. But, you know, for the content they're giving us, like, why not, man? Uh, you know, I appreciate the effort they're doing. And, and some of the stuff is really, really good. Uh, and more Sasha Banks news, right? Because we talked about Sasha Banks on this episode, and we talked about Sasha Banks for some unfortunate events in the in part one. But uh, also Sasha Banks news, you know, we get the the whole I think what are they called again? The golden role models between a uh, Bailey two belts, Bailey dose straps, whatever you want to call her, and Sasha Banks being her tag team partner. Um, she kind of uh, played with our emotions, even though I knew where it was going. But on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Sasha Banks said that she felt kind of jealous that, you know, Bailey had two straps and, you know, she wanted some more gold to her and Bailey kind of had this face, like this awkward face, more awkward than she usually has her face, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I had to throw a little thing there. Um, but she challenged Asuka at Extreme Rules for the Raw Women's Championship because now she's eligible because she's a tag team champion. So she could be on any brand. Um, I'm into this, man. We're... You know, we're getting Io Shirai and Sasha and NXT. Why not give us Asuka and Sasha? Um, I told you, I've been critical on Sasha in the past, but man, since mid-late 2019, uh, she did a complete uh, 180. And I've turned around on Sasha. Uh, I still feel like she's being very underutilized at times. But, you know, right now with the story they're telling between her and Bailey, we all know where this is going to lead to. But right now... They got me invested, man. They got me invested. I'm still not sold on Bailey being a heel, but they definitely got me invested in this story that they're telling. Sam, what do you think about Sasha? And what do you think about uh, the golden role models? And what do you think about uh, Sasha and Asuka at Extreme Rules? The horror show! Because they had had a stupid tagline to it. Yeah, uh, when it comes to the horror show, I don't know what that uh, that's all about. Especially being that it's going to be you know, in July, right? That's in July? Yeah, so... What the fuck is that about? I don't know. Anyway, um, when it comes to the Golden Role Models, I think it's a, a, a better tag team name than the Boston Hug Connection. Um, you know, they even like brought up Boston Hug Connection on SmackDown this week, and they're like, that is not our name. And um, yeah, I think that's a lot better Golden Role Models. It rolls off the tongue a little bit better. It's a little bit of a wink and a nod to, um, you know, Kenny Omega and... Uh, Neff, what's his name? Kotobushi. Kotobushi. Uh, um, man, it's um, it's good to see Sasha getting utilized. I think what we saw a couple years ago was the reign of Ronda, and she kind of overtook the whole women's division in WWE for a while. So if you were up on the main roster during that time, even though she was only the Raw Women's Champion, I feel like everything kind of got eclipsed by, by Ronda Rousey and her run. And, you know, she got a lot of hate and things like that. Like, she didn't deserve the title run. And I don't understand that. You know, she's done more for women's sports uh, than anybody I could think of, you know. And I think during that time, Sasha Banks kind of took the back seat. And a lot of the, the women's talent took a back seat because if, uh, if I remember correctly, she was on Raw. And, you know, she got tagged up with Bailey and things like that. And they had, the, you know, the women's tag titles, like, pushed. They were like, oh, we, we want women's tag titles and things. So now that she's 
come back after her short hiatus after WrestleMania 35, and she's reinvented herself with the blueprint, um, got a new, you know, look, got a new, uh, you know, a whole entrance, entrance theme and things like that. And now even Bailey is following suit with her. I think it's just, it's a fresh coat of paint. So it makes us go, okay, she's reinventing herself. This is dope. You know, it's something that every one of the four horsewomen have done except for Charlotte. Charlotte's only done, you know, plastic surgery. Other than that, <laughs> uh, other than that, <laughs> other than that, she's just riding Rick's coattails. Oh, know. man. Damn, dick, taking dicks at Charlotte. It is what it is. She's a great wrestler. I'm not taking that away from her, but she hasn't reinvented herself. Maybe it just goes to show you that gimmick doesn't need a fresh coat of paint. You know, Rick never really had to reinvent himself either over the course of 30-plus years. So, you know, being that she's pretty much the female version, that, that gimmick kind of just, you know, it doesn't really need anything. Um, when it comes to Sasha, going back to Sasha, I think that she's she's doing some of her best character work of her of her you know career so far right now i think her in-ring work was the greatest when she had her nxt run and even that that uh that little rivalry that she had with uh charlotte over the raw women's championship uh a couple years back uh but i feel like once like with these next two matches with io asuka and then down the line i feel that's either SummerSlam or royal rumble we're gonna get you know the the Bailey match, or maybe they might even stretch it to WrestleMania 37. Um, I think we're gonna we're on the cusp of the next great like era of Sasha Banks, if you will. You know what I mean? Like she's she's gonna have these really great wrestling matches, and we're gonna go. Okay, not only does she reinvent herself and put a new coat of paint on her character, and she's doing some of the best character work that you know we've ever seen her do, but now we're getting back to the nitty gritty. We're getting the wrestling that you know we known to love from Sasha Banks from her NXT run. Um, so, you know that's that's my take on it, man. I think that you know only the best has yet to come from Sasha Banks. I agree, man. I definitely agree. I was a big fan of Sasha Banks' work in NXT, and then when she got uh moved on to the to Raw, I mean some of the earlier stuff with some of the stuff like you said, Charlotte, I enjoyed, but I feel like she was probably just going with the punches, just very like stale in many ways. Some of it's due to booking, others is, uh, and other factors was her in ring work, and. Then, you know, they kept on teasing the whole Bailey and Sasha thing right leading up to Evolution, and they never pulled the plug on that. And they were just kind of riding that little wave, which I wasn't really a fan of, uh, of either performer, to be honest with you, both Bailey and Sasha. Um, but now that she returned, going back to last year, with, you know, with this Blueprint moniker, which I don't give a shit if Matt Morgan was called the Blueprint. To me, Matt Morgan is just a forgettable wrestler. But <laughs> he's forgettable, and he takes himself too seriously. But, uh, you know, Sasha Banks, I, I'm telling you, man, she, I, I'm sold on her, man. She's putting on some great work right now. Uh, and I think it's only going to escalate, to be honest with you, when it comes to Sasha Banks. Um, and we know where this story is going to end. We just got to keep riding this wave until we get to that ending point where we get split or someone turns on somebody else. But it looks like, if I had to predict here, Sasha's going to end up being the face here. Because Bailey is very annoying, and 
very hateable right now, which is a good thing. She, if she's doing that, it's a good thing. I think I dislike her for different reasons, but I'm sure like the, the, the fan base that, that are invested in this program right now and invested in the story they're telling us, they hate her because you know she's being a snob and she's being annoying and she's being over the top, which is a good thing. She's doing her part. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm in for it, man. I'm 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 def- they definitely uh like we agreed a couple episodes back. You know the story they're telling at first was a little bit rocky between Sasha and Bailey, but I think now it's starting to get some steam. It's starting to get some momentum, and I'm in for this ride when it comes to Sasha Banks and Bailey. Yeah, and it's a long story that they've been telling. I, I've actually really, really enjoyed it. And one thing, uh, how I would write it towards the end is, I think everybody's expecting Sasha to like stick up for herself or even like turn on on Bailey. But the way I would do it is have Bailey turn on Sasha. I agree. And, you know what I mean? Because like you said, right now, I think that the heel run is a little wonky. But like, I think if you throw that lighter fluid on her that actually might solidify her as like the one of the biggest heels in in the women's wrestling you know division right now you know what i mean if she were to be the one to like out of nowhere kind of Shawn michaels sweet chin music if you you know right throw her through the fucking barbershop window kind of bullshit right or like that, something like remember when dx was supposed to come back in oh two and and Michaels was supposed to be like Triple H's manager, and then Triple H just pedigreed him like right when they were gonna do the suck it like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it should be like, like we don't even like know it's coming. Right, right. You know what I mean, that, right. that that would be the way I would do it. All right, you mentioned Charlotte Flair earlier. Um, you kind of threw a dig at her, <laughs> but let's talk about Char- Let's talk about Charlotte Flair. Don't so, get me wrong, I like her new face. It's nice. <laughs> Okay, so um, we saw Monday Night Raw this past week where Kayfabe, she got injured by Nia Jax. Nia Jax beat the shit out of her. Surprisingly, it's Nia, which is someone else that you have an issue with. But, but this, is a, this, was a, this was a Kayfabe injury. It wasn't a real injury. But it right. came out in the reports that Charlotte was going to take this long break. Um, she was getting surgery done. The I don't know if it's an injury I don't know if it's something else, okay? Um, I don't want to go uh, into speculation what that could be. It could be an injury. We don't know. It could be like maybe, you know, you know these wrestlers, you know, you put your body on the line. You might have some nagging stuff. We don't know what, <laughs> what surgery uh, she might be doing, but it was reported that she was going to take a long, intense uh, vacation, if you will. And the speculation was that she was open to coming back at Survivor Series but everybody expected her to return for the Royal Rumble in 2021. Within like 24 hours after that report came out, another report came came out saying that, no, that, that she's going to take a little break, but it's going to be a minor break, and she should be back sometime for SummerSlam. Um, I think she should take a long break, dude. I think Charlotte has been overexposed. Not overexposed in ring-wise, but overexposed because we see her too much. And Charlotte Flair, does she need another title run anytime soon? Absolutely not. Do we need to necessarily see her on TV? No. We know that she's a great wrestler, all right? I think she needs to take a long-ass break and have her come back either for the Rumble or maybe Survivor Series or maybe to set up a program for WrestleMania. I don't know what that story or what storyline is going to we're going to see for the return of Charlotte, but she definitely needs to take a long break because, like you said, absence makes the heart grow fonder. 
Now, we touched on Bailey putting a fresh car paid on herself, Becky Lynch doing it with the man gimmick, um, you know, Sasha Banks with the blueprint. Do we see Charlotte throw the, you know, styling, profiling gimmick away and then come back and do something different? What? What, what do you think? She's going to be the Black Scorpion? I uh, know. I don't know, man. What, what if she came... <laughs> what if she started, like, donning, like, a leather jacket with, like, flair on the back and, like, came out like a tough girl? Like, Rhea Ripley almost? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we we have too much of that too. To be honest, if I you know. think about it, we she we've actually even seen Charlotte wearing leather jackets. Yeah, yeah, she's she's worn a leather jacket before. Um, man, I I don't know. Do do we see her switch it up or when she comes back? We um, see same old Charlotte. I, I think I think with Charlotte, I think with Charlotte's character, it, it ain't necessarily a character that needs to be changed. Uh. You know, she, whether you hate her or love her, she stands out more than the rest of the horsewomen, to be honest with you. You know, she is, she is what she is. She's the queen. I don't think she needs to change her gimmick, but I will say this, though. We talked about it, uh, I think, the uh, last week's episode, uh, Cody Rhodes making a potential horse, uh, horseman S group. What if we get a horsewoman S group in Charlotte? Maybe we don't get the horsewomen group that we want. The horsewomen of the best friends of Bailey, Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha. Maybe we get a heel horsewomen where Charlotte, you know, starts making relationships with with some of these uh, uh, current, uh, you know, wrestling, female wrestling talent. Like a Liv Morgan or maybe a Ruby Riot or maybe, a, I don't know, maybe... Maybe Natalia becomes like an enforcer for Charlotte. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we get some of some of these talent that isn't part of the horse women that we all grown to to quote unquote love in the internet community. And maybe Charlotte just starts a stable. Maybe a Tessa Blanchard. Maybe a Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. Maybe we that, get that. Yeah. Maybe they're putting out their feelers, you know, and. That's that's the end goal. Get Tessa up up in WWE, pair up with Charlotte, do a long program, and then they turn on each other. Right. And then you get the dream match that everybody's been clamoring for. Or Mayweather Pacquiao, if you will, of the of the female. Right. Uh, right. You know. Um, man, uh, I'm gonna miss her, but at the same time, she definitely does need this break. Mm-hmm. She definitely does. Um, it will get the people that, you know, say that she's overrated, that she only gets her spot because of her, her father. Which is all bullshit, like dude. Yeah, I think that once she's gone, they're going to miss her. You know what I mean? And then when she comes back and go, oh, this is, this, we missed her. This is what we, we missed. You know, this is what we wanted. We we love to hate her or we love to love her. So. Right. All right. Uh, let's talk about Extreme Rules, the horror show, because that's they added they added a little tagline to the PPV. It came out this past week on Friday Night SmackDown that we're gonna get Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt, the Eater of Worlds, in a Swamp Wyatt fight match gimmick. Uh, obviously this is gonna be a cinematic match. What do you think of it, bro? I'm thinking that I'm gonna be very angry at the end because I think Braun Strowman. <laughs> I, th- I think Braun Strowman is going over. I think that they're building to SummerSlam 
and the the match is going to be Fiend versus Braun, where Fiend beats Braun for the title finally. Um, and you know we see Braun going through all the personalities of the you know the faces of Wyatt. Uh, I'm upset because you know we've seen this version of Bray take it in the ass so many times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He always gets the shaft. We you know we love this this version of Bray. This is the version of Bray that we we fell in love with to begin with. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, you know we've seen it with Cena. We've seen it with Taker. And now we're gonna see it with Braun Strowman who. Doesn't really hit you in the legend feels like Cena and Taker does. Like this guy, they're trying to get him over, and they're gonna put him in a situation where he's in a swamp in Bray Wyatt's swamp, where they met, and Bray's most likely gonna go over. Oh, all right. Definitely see where this is. Let me, let me jump in here real quick. I'm actually gonna take a uh, something out of your book. A page out of your book. I'm gonna be a little bit optimistic. Now this shit might bite me in the ass and. If it does, you you could be the first one giving me a congratulations because I'll own up to it. Because not so, only do we're, I get... We're, we're flipping roles here today. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because not only do I hand out congratulations, I've given myself congratulations too, all right? Um, but I'll be the first one to tell you, just hit me with the button, Sam. But um, yeah. I'm going to be a little bit optimistic here. Now, man, I love this... And maybe this is the hard talking for me. Maybe this is just not me being realistic. But man, I love this version of Bray so much and the shit is called a Wyatt Swamp match. Maybe it doesn't end with a clean loss for Bray. Maybe they have a Fagazi finish where they both drown in the swamp or something like that where they both don't look bad. Me personally, I think Braun's Universal title run has been... Failing miserably. Alright, now they added like the Strowman Express stuff to it. So now he's like supposed to be this train. Listen, I'm just not into it, man. And and, par- and it ain't necessarily Braun Strowman's fault. Because they should have cashed in on him two years ago when he was feuding with Roman. I think the call is right now. Listen, Bray's bringing money into the company. People are invested in Bray. Pull the trigger on Bray. Give him a right title run. Listen, you didn't do it when he beat when he beat Cena at the Elimination Chamber. What was it, three years ago? That led to the match between him and Orin when you had the fucking snakes in the fucking ring and the, the gimmicks in the ring. That failed misery. You fucking beat the man when everybody wanted Bray to win. Okay, you fucking then pulled the trigger on the Fiend. Cashing him as Universal Champion because you booked him in the corner with Seth Rollins, which nobody wanted that match in the beginning with. And then you got a terrible Hell in the Cell finish where people are so stupid that try to defend that finish. Nobody wanted to see Fiend as Universal Champion because he didn't need the title. The gimmick was more valuable than the title. Now you're in a position where you could give the man a proper title run. Give him the Universal title strap. Whether it's at the Wyatt Swamp gimmick or at SummerSlam. Either way, this guy needs to be Universal Champion. And guess what? As Universal Champion, he could be many faces of Wyatt. He could be Eater of Worlds. He could be The Fiend. He could be Firefly Funhouse Wyatt. He could be uh, my man when when he gets into the fucking Zumba, Zumba pants. What is it? Um, Muscle Man Dan. Muscle, Muscle Man Bray Wyatt. There's many versions of Bray Wyatt. That's how you capitalize on a fucking universal title run when it comes to Bray Wyatt. He needs to play every single role, not just the Fiend. Yeah. How much you want to bet that somebody had to explain to Vince that, you know, Luke Harper is now Brody Lee and works for AEW. He's probably sitting in, in his office like, yeah, we'll do a Wyatt Swamp match. And 
We'll, we'll call back Eric Rowan and, uh, and Luke Harper. They'll, they'll, they'll have a cameo. Well, Vince, you know, Luke Harper, you know, you let him go, and now he's working for AEW. Hey, what? What? What's an, what's an AEW? Who the hell is Brody Lee? Well, we'll put him in the swamp anyway. Can't, can't, can't you, can you make a phone calls? And Bruce is just like, um, no, he's contracted to, you know, all elite wrestling. Oh, get, 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 get someone on the phone. Get one of the roads. Get, get, get Dusty. Um, Vince, Dusty's dead. Oh, <laughs> um, can you, can you get JR on the phone? Oh my God. This, uh, this is a weird fucking situation where you have, um, this pay-per-view was pretty much the birth child of ECW One Night Stand, and now has morphed into <laughs> the horror show. It went. Listen, it went from two one night stands from ECW, right? Then yeah. the third one night stand, it wasn't. It wasn't booked at it as an ECW show, and uh, then it moved on to Extreme Rules, and now they added the moniker the Horror Show. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see what it is. You know, I've been trying to be optimistic, man, but oh my god, like what the fuck, bro? The horror show. All right. Well, extreme rules in the middle of the summer. They couldn't wait. They couldn't wait till October for this. Anyway. And then it's like, if it's October, why not fucking bring back Halloween Havoc? Maybe NXT will do it. Yeah, yeah. I posted something about that on my Instagram uh, this week. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Uh, if we're going, you know, full kilter 90s nostalgia feels, bring back Halloween Havoc. Fuck it. If they uh, do I mean, Halloween Havoc, just like they did in your house, I want the fucking gimmick with the pumpkin. I want yeah. it to be sponsored by Snickers. I want the whole shebang. That's right. A little Slim Jim shit yes. going on. A little Slim Jim action. I want the whole shebang if you're going to bring back Halloween Havoc. Now... Uh, and more, uh, I guess, negative news. I, I Listen, I really hate being negative, but, you know, we got to talk about these things. Right, Sam? It is what it is, man. This is uh, kind of like the state of pro wrestling right now. Right. A lot of negativity, a lot of weird fucking accusations, sexual misconduct, all kinds of shit going on. All right. So um, I noticed something on SmackDown this week. Now, I could be wrong here, but I'm almost positive I didn't see these two individuals. That gets me thinking. So we got all these um, COVID, uh, you know, the tested positive for COVID, you know, Renee Young. We talked to Renee Young, Caleb Braxton twice, uh, Adam Pierce, and Jamie Noble. They've all came out, come out saying that they tested positive for COVID. We talked about that on part one of, of this episode because it's too big for just one podcast. Now, right. I noticed that on SmackDown this week, I did not see Sheamus or AJ Styles. Now, there could be an argument to be made about AJ Styles because they showed the Boneyard match on SmackDown. So maybe it's like, hey, let's keep him off TV. You know, we're going to show the Boneyard match. Bah, bah, bah. Okay, reasonable. Right? That's a reasonable explanation. But Sheamus wasn't on TV either. Do you think they tested positive for COVID? I really hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know what I mean? You got all those people... Not wearing masks, you know what I mean? Because Vince doesn't want to, you know, admit that there's a fucking pandemic going on. So they put the glass up instead. But no, nobody's wearing masks. You got a bunch of NXT talent cheering and yelling and screaming. 
And then, of course, you know, professional wrestling is a contact, uh, you know, sport, if you will. You know what I mean? For lack of a better term. So any of these guys could potentially wind up testing positive. But I really hope it's not Seamus because I, I really I like Seamus. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to see him, uh, you know, in any kind of, you know, bad situation when it comes to his health. So, uh, man, I really hope not. And I, I really, really hope it's not AJ Styles because we, we touched on this. AJ Styles is, he's a national treasure right now. <laughs> <You know laughs> Listen, I mean? man, like, let, let me, you know, um, it's funny you say that. And what I like about this is because we're recording. We're just recording right now. We're not live on Facebook or anything. So for those that are listening, thank you for listening to the podcast. Because originally, this is a podcast, just like what Sam said in the beginning of the show. But what I like about this is we could just talk right here. We don't have to worry about time gimmicks or anything like we do on Facebook Live. We're just talking here. And it's funny you bring AJ Styles because you know, I was, um, was kind of going through our Luchis for 2019. And man, our Luchis this year... I feel like it's going to be so different from any year we had before due to COVID. And AJ Styles is one of those guys that didn't make our top 10 list in 2019. He just made it outside that top 10. But this guy, I think he's going to make his return on the list. Yeah, I I really think that he deserves it. You know, with the Boneyard match this year and... Is run is just starting with the Intercontinental title, but I have high hopes for that. And his match with Daniel Bryan to win that that championship, uh, you know, we're already starting to see, you know, even though we're halfway through this, uh, you know, resurgence of, of AJ Styles here. So uh, I definitely think he's going to be in the top ten list. You know, if not, he he might even crack the top five. Who knows? <laughs> right, right. This, you know, uh, I feel like. We, we, we crap on WWE for adding, like, you know, like, little, like, taglines to, like, some of their shows or whatever, but I feel like with 2020 being so much of a shit show, I feel like we're probably going to add, like, a little fucking tagline to the Luchis this year for 2020. It'll be, like, the asterisk year or something, because everything's right. going to be an asterisk on it, unless things change, and obviously we have New Japan opening back up, and they've been running shows, but it's still not quite the New Japan that we're used to, but obviously Dominion, they're going to have fans in attendance because obviously their COVID numbers have went straight down unlike us over here in the States. So unless New Japan starts picking it back up, you know, going for like, you know, midsummer going till the end of 2020, I don't know if there's going to be much New Japan talent, um, you know, making our list for certain uh, uh, awards here. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And uh, are we going to touch on the New Japan Cup? Right now, I see. I haven't been keeping up with New Japan. I just been I've been reading up result, re- results. So I don't want to, unless you want to bring up some news on the New Japan Cup. That I, I watched it, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm more of a casual New Japan fan. I did see, um, what's his name? I think it's Tanahashi. He Tanahashi. took an L. He took an L, right? Dude, I just been reading results. I haven't. As much as I'm happy New Japan is back, until it. And the thing with me, too, is the Japanese commentary. I've gotten spoiled with the English commentary. I just can't. I can't do it, man. I can't. The one, the one I was watching had Kevin Kelly by himself. Right. Um, I think he's I been like, dubbing them, but they haven't been coming out live. So they'll probably come out within the next. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll do that today. I'll Maybe I'll uh, I'll catch up on New Japan. Because normally I'm so invested in New Japan. But, man, it's just. 
I'm not gonna lie to you, this whole speaking out thing and everything else happening in the world is kind of man, it's kinda of kicked me in the ass, dude. <laughs> It's put a damper on watching wrestling. It definitely has. Like, even SmackDown has. on Friday, like, I noticed that AJ and Sheamus weren't on the, on the show, but, like, it's kind of hard to invest on the show, man. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, we, we've seen some of our friends actually talking about, you know, not supporting wrestling anymore and maybe leaving the community and things like that. And I respect their decision to do that because, you know, you don't know who you're supporting anymore at this point. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely hard. And like, like I said, uh, before on this podcast, this, this pro wrestling thing has been something that's been a part of my life since I can remember. So for me to, you know, just throw it aside has been, is, is really hard for me. You know, right. I, I, have I gone through waves of disinterest and then peaks of interest? Absolutely. Absolutely. And does life catch up to you and do you not have enough time to maybe catch up on 12 hours of wrestling <laughs> as much content is out there? Absolutely. But for me, this is such a, a part of my life that, you know, I, I just can't give it up. I'm not going to let, you know, sexual predators, you know, fucked up, you know, pol- political policy or any sort of dark side of the ring story kind of oh this is gonna be a this me. is gonna be a dark side of the ring episode the speaking out movement is oh, yeah. the speaking out movement and the covid 2020 situation that's gonna be a future episode of dark side of the ring within like maybe five to ten years from now yeah maybe I, even I, I, sooner I, yeah i refuse to let any of these fucked up people you know ruin wrestling for me because at the end of the day, I see wrestling as a safe space for everybody, and I feel like it is. Uh, you know, especially it was at, at one point before you know all these accusations and and you know truths started spilling out. But I would like to one day get back to that, where you know it doesn't matter who you are, how big, how small, what you know, your color, your gender. You know what I mean? If you're a fluid gender person, whatever it is, right. You know, there's a place for you in in this community. You know what I mean? Right. And I'll be damned if somebody is going to take that from me. I think that as a wrestling community, all all of the good guys, you know, we need this and girls, we need to stick together through through this, and you know, say, hey, this isn't going to be tolerated. You know what I mean? You, you you know, this isn't this isn't fucking cool. You can't be you know using your your fame or your position to be you know sexually assaulting anybody right. or anything like that and you know we just got to do a, a better job and i think i think the the best thing out of all this has been the story of colt cabana sticking up for this girl mm-hmm. and i i feel like a lot of there's a lot of that in our community that a lot of guys like me you, if we saw something crooked going on or something weird or spaghetti that we didn't really, uh, you know, think was kosher, we would definitely step in and say, yo, what the fuck is going on here? You know what I mean? So, um, you know, hope isn't lost. And uh, I say all that to say this, don't, don't give up your passion because of some scumbags that, you know what I mean, did some fucked up shit. Right. You know what I mean? And my heart goes out to everybody that was affected, all the victims and things like that. And I could totally understand if they would never watch pro wrestling again because they were victimized. But for the people like me 
be affected. You know what I mean? Try to make this a better community for, for everybody that still wants to enjoy professional wrestling. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more, dude. Uh, cheap plug. Um, shout outs to the Rush Friends, Oridia and Teddy. I was very fortunate to be a guest on their recent episode of the Rush Friends podcast. And we talked about it all, dude. Um, and Teddy, you know, she she went into a, a, a conversation about some of the things she's experienced, not in the wrestling community, but it. I, I will say the speaking out movement opened up some wounds, if you know what I mean. So definitely right. check that episode out. We talk about it and... Um, I think sometimes us as men, you know, when we see like the the scumbags that that do these acts that are terrible, um, they make us look bad, dude. At the end of the day, because yeah, we both have morals here. We we know what's right. We know the difference between what right and wrong is, and sometimes it might shock some people, especially women that we're on the right side of the fence here and. We we are in support of the of the speaking out movement and and you know we don't condone these actions because we intend to be scumbags you know with everything that's going on and I'm not saying that 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 you know these these uh these sexual misconduct and all these allegations can't happen to men either I'm not saying that because obviously it happened to Keith Lee right you know he he went on an open forum and it happened too but us as men we'll never know how a female feels we'll never know that never. So yeah. uh, I definitely recommend you guys listening to the Restaurants podcast. We definitely touch on it from a, a female's perspective, and I give them my perspective, which is it's it's not an easy conversation to have. In, in many ways, even though you're not the one that's getting the allegations and stuff, it, it's kind of it's awkward for us to talk about it. It's not an easy conversation, but we do talk about it. And like you said, if there's any positive besides people getting exposed and getting rid of the negative out of the business, if there's any positive coming out of some of these stories, it's the fact that Cole Cabana was a great guy. He did what's right. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's a lot more of that. You know, I, I, I'm going to go on record and say the majority uh, uh, of wrestling fans would do the same thing. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think that this is... Uh, a cesspool. Well, if, you know, well, I don't know uh, if you realize, Sam, but wrestling fans are getting out of it too. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. But I, I, I really feel like, you know, some of the best people I've ever met in my life have been through wrestling. Whether it was you, you know what I mean? Uh, shout out to the homie Kenneth Dinkins, you know what I mean? Uh, all, all the people that we wind up going to, you know, wrestling shows with have come across, uh, you know, Paula. Uh, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out. You know, what I mean, uh, the rest friends. We all met through through wrestling, right? Through professional wrestling, it's right. all brought us together. So, I don't, I don't want to like just condemn the community or condemn <coughs> professional wrestling because of this. I feel like at the end of this, uh, now that you know. Things are getting shed to light. I feel like this is going to be a much more positive space for for everybody down the line post COVID. You know what I mean? Now that we're we're aware of who is a predator, you know what I mean, and you know who we should allow in, into our uh, you know our circle. You know what I mean? That now that people are getting outed, um, and there's you know, 
I, I, at the end of the day, I feel like there's hope for our community. You know I, I, mean? I agree, man. I, I haven't lost hope either. I think this is just a, a, a big bump on the road, but as long as we all start doing the right things, obviously we're not like that, but we kind of just remove the negative out of the equation. And, you know, to add on to, to some of this too, you know, how about all the people that haven't outed any names that know dirt about other wrestlers? We we just don't know. That's why we got to separate the wrestler from the actual person. And just because you enjoy somebody's work, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a great person. But um, moving on, uh, two more things and we'll wrap up. So we talked about uh, Renee Young, how she's been having a rough week on top of being positive for COVID. WWE Backstage has been canceled. Um, it's unfortunate. I think a part of it that plays the fact that that plays into all this, I believe, is the COVID and how people are losing jobs and they have to like kind of uh, some employees are getting let go, X Y Z, just like we've been seeing around the world. A lot of businesses have been shutting down. Um, so WWE backstage is canceled now. CM Punk is signed with a deal with Fox, not WWE. What do you think is the future for CM Punk and Fox and the wrestling world, if you will? Uh, I don't see I don't see a big uh, future uh, for CM Punk moving forward with Fox because I feel like they uh, they kind of washed their hands of like the that whole backstage kind of TV show and this is not me you know you know how I feel about CM Punk <laughs> um, you know I do wish all you know positivity to him I don't hold no 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 fucking like ill will towards the guy you know what I mean you know I do I think he's a bit of a carny absolutely but do I hold any ill will to him absolutely not I, I think he's a, a good dude from what he said about the Black Lives Matter movement definitely uh you know I, he's a good person deep down inside I he's like. on the right uh, side of the fence when it comes to many issues in the world right absolutely he means absolutely. well but he comes off as a jerk at times right right and you know it is what it is. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't mean him any ill will. So I, do I want to take food out of his family's mouth? Absolutely not. This is just me from the outside looking in. I don't think Fox is going to be moving forward with any kind of backstage uh, type of shows. I think the the major killer for that that show was the time frame that that eleven o'clock. Right. It's late, man. Nobody wants to watch uh, a talk show that late at night about right. professional wrestling. I'm just not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, if they would have put it on against, like, sports centers, against, uh, what's the other one, around the horn, on FS1 at that time frame, around that 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, yeah, I think it could have flourished. Because there are a bunch of wrestling fans out there that just watch wrestling. There's guys like me and you who watch wrestling, you know, football, basketball, boxing, everything. But there's some people that just watch wrestling. And could they pop a rating at that time frame? I think they could. Not a huge one, but I think they could. For a sports talk show, I, I think that they could have done decent, uh, decently at that, at that time frame. 11 o'clock is just too late. For CM Punk... He said he's open to hear options, but is WWE open to hear options? Maybe right now, we've seen Undertaker formally retire from the ring. 
maybe right now is the right time for WWE to reach back out to CM Punk because they're going to need a, a WrestleMania attraction. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Is it a possibility? Absolutely, especially post-COVID. Now, is CM Punk open to wrestling post-COVID? Now that there is a pandemic, is he going to put himself at risk and expose himself? You know what I mean? Because even during backstage, he was doing it like we're doing our podcast right now from his living room. Right. So there's a lot of factors to, that, that, go, that go into that, um, you know, and who, who knows? Post-COVID, post-vaccine, because, you know, I was just watching on Netflix, uh, they're, they're working on a vaccine, and it could be 18 months from now, and that's going to fly by. You know, a year goes by very fast. Does a lot happen in a year? Absolutely. But it goes by quick. Um, so I don't think the option, I don't think the, the dominoes haven't been taken off the table just yet for CM Punk in an in-ring uh, return. I don't think so. But I'm not holding my breath. Okay. All right. So, um... Just to add a note about the backstage, it did get canceled from being a weekly show, but FS1 and Fox did say that it will be making the return for like the bigger shows. So, I mean, like probably like a Survivor Series or like a SummerSlam or like a Royal Rumble or like a WrestleMania. Like the big four, they'll have like a special, like I'm assuming like leading up to it, whether that's going to be like a live show before the actual pay-per-view or maybe like the night before or maybe like that week leading up to it. We don't know, but backstage will return in a in like a, a special show edition, but it just won't be a weekly episodic uh, show anymore. Now, with that being yeah. said, uh, CM Punk. Listen, man, um, I've had my criticism on CM Punk, but at the same time, uh, I agree with you. I think he means well. Just sometimes he just comes off as a jerk, and maybe it's because we don't understand the shoes that he's in and stuff. What I think he would return to WWE. I'm not sure about that. I'm not confident in that. I'm not holding my breath like you said. But when it comes to the wrestling world, I don't know, man. You talk about what's going on right now with Ring of Honor and Marty Scroll, right? Hypothetically speaking, let's say Marty Scroll does get let go. CM Punk always praises Ring of Honor. That's one company that he never shits on. He always compliments and praises Ring of Honor. What if CM Punk goes to Ring of Honor maybe in a booker role? Or maybe in a backstage role. Maybe in a role where he necessarily doesn't have to be backstage all the time. Maybe he does creative. We know that CM Punk has a great mind for the business. If if they potentially let go of Marty, which as much as it pains me to say this, I think Ring of Honor should let go of Marty. Maybe a guy like CM Punk would be a valuable asset to have. And maybe that could lead to something else or maybe other opportunities. Whether Ring of Honor... Maybe offers CM Punk a deal where he could return to the ring. Or, Ring of Honor still has connections to New Japan. What if we see CM Punk at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom against a guy like Okada, against a guy like Tanahashi? That could open the door. Or maybe a guy like Will Ospreay, which CM Punk has praised on WWE backstage. We just don't know. That might lead to the return of CM Punk in the ring. But I think if anybody, if any company... Might need CM Punk. It might be Ring of Honor due to some of the climate that we're living in. Yeah, I think that would be the best option for them because CM Punk, uh, you know, he's openly critical to a lot of the WWE's booking. Why not give him the book? Why not? If you're going to give the book to Marty 
and he's out here, you know, being fucking, you know, child molester motherfucker, pedophile looking motherfucker. Uh, get rid of him. Right. Bring a guy Sign like Punk. Sin- Punk. We know Sinclair got the money. Yeah. Give give him Marty's contract, pretty much. You know, CM Punk might want a little bit more cheddar on the fucking... But, well, listen. Uh, listen, let me tell you something. Sinclair might amp up that <laughs> contract and be like, yo, Punk, we want you. We... Because, we... listen, it, it seems like when it comes to Ring of Honor and Punk, like, when have you ever heard Punk talk bad about Ring of Honor? Never. never. There's never... never and, and, I don't know, man. I feel like... If Sinclair and Ring of Honor could get together and offer Punk a, a good contract, listen, Ring of Honor doesn't have a schedule like WWE. All right, when things start getting like a little bit normalized, I think a, a guy like Punk would be very valuable for Ring of Honor, and then that might open the door to New Japan for that one last match for Punk if it happens. If Punk is entertained by an offer from New Japan, um, yeah. When it comes to the wrestling wrestling business, I think I'll I'll, I'll be in for a I'll be all in. For a, a Ring of Honor CM Punk relationship here in 2021, end of 2020, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that that would definitely be dope. That would definitely be dope for all, all parties involved, you know. Because uh, what has CM Punk got going on besides this backstage deal? Right. You know, I don't even know if he's still writing comics anymore. Right, right, right. All right, dude. Um, let's end on a good note. And, you know... Uh, we talked about a lot of bad stuff on, on part two. We talked about a ton of bad shit on part one, even though we started on a high note with part one, talking about The Undertaker, um, Last Ride series. We're going to end on a good note, and we're going to talk about The Good Brothers. See what I did there? See what I did there? Hey, okay. So it came out la- yesterday, and we put it all on our social webs, Instagram and Facebook. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are reportedly close to state us uh, signing a stateside deal with Impact Wrestling. According to Pro Wrestling Sheet, shout out to Ryan Satin. The promo, the promotion is looking to get things done so the team can appear for Slammiversary on July 18th, uh, which is also the date that will be free for their non-WWE uh, complete clause. Um, Impact's deal is said to be incredibly strong and will still allow them to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Obviously, during... Uh, Due to current travel restrictions, it might be a while before they make it back overseas. Uh, Gallus and Anderson have been heavily promoting their Talk and Shop Mania podcast uh, on July 18th. We'll, we'll be coming out July 18th where they'll be talking about their run in WWE, what went wrong there, and talking about their future. Sam, what do you think about the Good Brothers uh, going to Impact Wrestling? I, did, I honestly didn't see Impact coming at all. I, I didn't think that they would be signing People are sleeping on Impact, brother. People are sleeping on them. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm happy for Impact and I'm happy for them that they were able to ink a deal where, you know, they're comfortable making, uh, you know, money for their family and staying stateside and still having the opportunity to go to New Japan and do a couple dates with New Japan. So uh, I'm really happy for them. Uh, you know, they are good brothers. They're funny as hell. They're good people. Um, you know, you could tell, you know, you get that vibe. I talked about the vibe on, on episode one. If you missed it, go check it out. Um, you get a good vibe from these guys. They're just some two laid back redneck dudes that, you know, just want to crack beers and crack jokes. Um, so I'm happy for them. And, uh, you know, this could, this could lead to some good, you know, content for Impact Wrestling and a potential Bullet Club reunion down the line for New Japan. Uh, Who knows? That definitely is going to happen in New Japan. I feel like yeah. if they go back to New Japan, we're going to get a Bullet Club reunion somehow, some way. 
Right. Um, I'm definitely intrigued by the, them going to Impact, man. Um, I know you got some marks that don't even watch the Impact product that want to be like, I'm going to Impact. <laughs> Um, listen, man, when it comes, <laughs> listen, dude, Sam, you know what I'm talking about, because, you know, I don't pull any punches, bro, like, yo, if you sound like a fucking clown, and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and you don't even watch the fucking product, like, I'm not even gonna acknowledge you, dude, like, and, and for people that listen to this show and get offended, get fucking offended, I don't care, listen, if I can't have a fucking conversation with you, I'm just gonna ignore you, period, but, right. I talk my shit on here, that's what I do, that's what I do, but, uh, I, I'm excited for Impact, man. If this deal goes down, the fact that they could work both Impact and New Japan somewhere down the line, this is great. Uh, you know, Impact, as much as people like to shit on them, based on this week, bro, if you were sleeping on Impact or didn't give Impact any credit, they've been on the right side of the fence when it comes to a lot of different things. They've let go people that have been accused of the speaking out and that allegations has come to light. They've got rid of the toxicity. Dave Christ, Michael Elgin, Joey Ryan. They did the right call on Tessa Blanchard. I know, Sam, you gave him a congratulations, and that congratulation is rightfully so on Impact Wrestling. But they have been on right on the right side of the fence on getting rid of the toxicity. Now, obviously, Tessa Blanchard wasn't playing ball. Hey, she got the boot. Uh, when it comes to the Good Brothers, I'm very interested interested to see what they do with them. Um, and listen, man, we might get a potential Good Brothers versus the North somewhere down the line if they sign with Impact Wrestling. And the North, listen, at this rate with this year that's going, I'm telling you right now, the North is cracking our top five when it comes to tag teams 2020. Hmm. I got look. I gotta check out their their matches because I'm. Give me the congratulations. I I haven't been up on it, man. I really haven't been. But I got I got to check it out. You know, the North. From what I saw, uh, they did a House of Hardcore show when when they they were uh, doing the Impact House of Hardcore you know mashup. Right. 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 Yeah, and from what I saw, they were really great. They were really great. So I, you know, give me the congratulations. I definitely got to catch up. My and we've talked about this in the in the past, and I can't stand fucking Comcast. Fuck you, Comcast. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have access TV, and I right. think that's that's where uh, well, Impact is right now. Well, right? you could well you could watch it live on Twitch too if you subscribe to the Impact Wrestling channel, which is for free. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm gonna go re-download Twitch right now because I I just got this uh, new phone and it's got a shit ton of memory. My old iPhone had like none. Well, you could also download Twitch on your Fire Stick, dude, and you could just stream it on your TV. Bro, I'm about to do that. I'm about to do that right fucking now. And their Impact channel runs 24-7. They show a lot of old contact. And then uh, on Tuesdays, you can watch it on Twitch if you want to. You see? You see? Mario's schooling me on some shit. Guys, you have no excuse. Watch this Impact Wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I've been sleeping. I've been sleeping this whole fucking time. Whole 2020. I bump my head. I fucking, I wind up with fucking pneumonia. I'm throwing up everywhere. You know what I mean? And I'm missing impact. What the fuck? Well, at least we talked about, at least we started episode one, part one. Uh, the podcast that's too big for just one show or whatever we're going to call it. But uh, um, at least you started on a good note with the Taker stuff. And now we're ending on a good note also because there was a lot of negativity happening this week. Um, and listen, man, the, the audience, the friends of the show, they're going to get two podcasts from us this week. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there was a lot to talk about. So, you know, you know, my, my schedule's freed up, man. If you ever want to record, you know, we got this new this new avenue to do it. So just let me know if you want to ever want to put out some more content. We could do more more stuff like this. Well, listen, the way my job schedule is, my job schedule is fucking me up. I've been having a lot of late nights, so uh, unless you, we, we want to do, like, imagine we, like, new, everything gets back to normal, and we do, like, a, a 7 a.m. podcast covering New Japan. I'm down, bro. I'm, I'm fucking down to do that one. <laughs> well, listen, we, for those that don't know, so we'll we'll, t- we'll give the, the friends of the show a little peek behind the curtain. So, obviously, Leo's a busy guy, so... I, and a lot of times we kind of depend on Leo's schedule to do the podcast, but uh, you know, going back to last week, you know, I was just like, dude, we gotta fucking do this, and that and that's no dig on Leo because Leo's a busy guy. So you know, last week's episode it was just Sam and I. Obviously, we're doing two episodes this week, um, too big for just one podcast, and episode two is just Sam and I just covering everything else that's happening in the world, and you guys are getting two podcasts. So you know, hope you enjoyed uh, episode two, well, part two. Of, of episode 146 will either drop later today or maybe tomorrow meaning monday i still have to figure the logistics out on that but um yeah man we covered a lot and i'm just glad that you're fucking doing it with me dude <laughs> yeah man yeah man absolutely uh do, i know you, we did it for uh part one but do you have any plugs in yeah you know what a little follow-up uh ben cliff actually followed us on tiktok so shout out to Ben Cliff. Go give him a follow. He actually follows me on Instagram as well. Go follow Ben Cliff. He's a good brother, friend of the show. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on TikTok. Uh, you know he's a good dude. You know what I mean? Shout out to shout out to Ben Cliff. Um, you can follow me at Sammy Suplex everywhere. That's at Sammy Suplex on TikTok, on Instagram, on the Twitter, on on Facebook, and on Twitch now because I just you know downloaded Twitch and uh, I'm on Twitch. So I mean I'm not really using it for streaming it. Didn't stream anything just yet, but I do have OBX on uh, my laptop now, so who knows? Who knows what the, the future will bring? So play safe and follow me on there, too. You just love this TikTok gimmick, don't you? Hey, man. It's wave of the future. It's wave of the future, bro. All right. Um, I'm not, <laughs> not going to agree with that, but um, <laughs> let, me give a, let me give a plug to the Rush Friends. I talked about them earlier. I did their podcast. I was very fortunate doing their podcast earlier this week. Um, make sure you subscribe to their podcast. Make sure you follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have a TikTok, too, so if you want to give them a follow them there, too, I guess you could do so. Um, you can follow me at RatedArsons87, but make sure you follow us. Subscribe to us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now I can't believe I'm saying this, TikTok. Ugh. Um, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you're going to be fancy. Apple Podcasts, tune in, La Mescla app, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast needs. Now for Sammy Suplex, the old man Leo that's not here for part two. I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Keep it Rated R. And stay too sweet. Goodbye. And good night, Ben. <laughs>